Well, yeah. Welcome to episode three of the uh, A League Wrap Up podcast. So I'm Alan Riley. Once again, I'm joined by Christian Marchetti, and we're joined by Riley Kirsten as well for for this week. Uh, how are we doing, lads? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, good to be back again. Um, another good week of uh, of football, and yeah. Are you Riley? Yeah, uh, I'm excited to be on. Hopefully. To, um, hopefully, see some good games this week, and quickly recap the next, the last week. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So, I guess uh, guys, we'll have a look at the what happened last week in the A League um, with uh, round two. Um, I think, I think we could all say probably start to heat up a little bit more. Um, quite a few more goals. Um, a few more teams probably taking risks. Um, and I guess guys getting more minutes under their belt is always going to happen. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll start with, I guess, the first game, Western United and, and Perth Glory. Uh, Western United winning 1-0 with um, Dylan Wenzel Halls getting that uh, his first goal for the club. Uh, yeah, I, I managed to, to watch this game in full. Uh, what about you guys? Did, did you catch this one? I, I, was, I was able to watch it, yeah. Yeah, I watched bits and pieces. I didn't watch the full game, but I watched most of the second half. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I thought, yeah, a bit, bit dull um, first half. And then I think uh, John Aloisi made a couple of changes after halftime. I think Western United were just about shaved it, particularly in the second half, um, and, and probably deserved their win. I think they, they had a big chance first with um, Pacific Nongabire, um, I think it was about 72nd minute. And he, oh, and that's probably insane, scored. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, apart, apart from that, uh, not too much happened. Um, I guess, for me, I think it, it was really strange seeing the way Perth set up. Uh, I don't know, Alan, if you if you had some thoughts on that as well, because it was interesting to see Richard Garcia completely went away from the three at the back um, that they tried against Adelaide, uh, and he went back to a back four, um, but it was almost like a, like a 4-1-4-1 um, or almost sometimes you had Clisby and... and Bert Gilroy, who was on the right side, Clisby on the left, and they were playing quite deep, um, even though they were wingers. It was kind of a strange uh, formation with with almost a three in midfield, but obviously the wingers kind of playing as wide men, though. I don't know what you thought of that, uh, Alan, but it did seem like it was, like he was trying something a little bit different, uh, Richard Garcia, on Friday. Yeah, that was a weird one. Um, So, obviously, it did not work against... Adelaide, that I thought they were lucky to come out with a draw. So you can argue that changes were needed, but I think to change that drastically in the space of a week was probably came back to bite them. I yeah. think, you know, the lone, midf- lone defensive midfielder probably didn't work. Oh, you got Steins and Sardinero's 10s. You got Burke Gilroy and Clisby on the wings. It, it just didn't really click for them for whatever reason. It'll be interesting to see how they go once it can get storage into the side, whether they continue with the back four or they switch back to a back three. But, you know, what, um, if I'm a Perth... Yeah. If I'm a Perth Sorry, fan and I'm looking at that, yeah. I'm not exactly that inspired. And I know there were Perth fans after the game who weren't happy. Yeah. Um, just because you touched on it there, what did you make of uh, Luke Bodnar's uh, performance in midfield because for me 
It was, yeah, I agree with you. It's a risk playing someone who's, who's naturally, from what I understand, he's naturally a centre-back uh, and playing him in midfield and then as a lone number six as well was, was an interesting um, ploy. And I think, for me, it didn't really work. He looked like he wasn't really natural in that sort of position. Um, there were a lot of times when I think when Perth had the ball and they were building out, he, he was really trying to receive the ball always in between Diamante and Prijevic and in the central area when... For me, when I watch, you know, some of the top midfielders, I guess it's, it's can you kind of create different angles to get on the ball? Uh, so I thought he, he struggled. Uh, and what was interesting, I thought, uh, and, and Riley, I don't know if you had some thoughts on this, but they actually missed a guy like Neil Kilkenny, who, funnily enough, of course, is on the, on the playing, uh, opposing team. Was yeah. on the opposite team. Yeah, so, no, I, mm. I definitely thought that um, Bodnar needed someone next to him, like a Neil Kilkenny, to help guide him in the new position that he's being tried out in. Like, we see it with teams a lot. Like, if you're playing a new young centre-back, young striker, you always seem to put them next to a more experienced one. So I don't know why Garcia didn't try and play like a two-striker formation, drop one of the uh, attacking mids back to play with Bodnar. But... Yeah, because I, I also thought like they just needed someone... It was more comfortable in, on the ball. And funnily enough, I thought, could he, could he even try something here where he moves even the Daniel Steins deeper? Like Daniel Steins, for me, of course, he operates a lot better as a number 10 and, and in those attacking areas. But I just thought just to get a little bit of control of the game and to actually get their foot on the ball a bit more, could he have gone for something a bit more wacky and left field like that? Uh, yeah, but that, that's, just, that's just my opinion. Um, they, Alan, did you think there was something there glaring that maybe Garcia just overlooked and, and he probably could have changed? Not really. I, I just think it was like an incredibly flat performance. It was a performance we've seen a lot from Perth under Garcia. Um, like I said, Sturridge probably changes a lot. It probably changes a lot of things in there. But, mm. you know, you can't be reliant on someone who's 32, who hasn't played in ages, who... um to be your main man to fix everything tactically, you have to be to try and be more adaptable. I'm not sure if Garcia is. So I said at the start of the season, he's one of the most under pressure managers in the league. So it will be interesting to see if he sees it out. Yeah. Do you guys read anything into Daniel Sturridge's absence? Um, I've, I've no. heard some people, yeah, I've heard some people uh, call it like a, you know, is he going to be another David Villa um, and this sort of thing? Uh, for me, I, I don't really read anything into it either. Um, you guys, yeah, not not uh, not convinced by any of those uh, comments? No, oh, from, no. from what I've heard midweek, like I just think he was trying to get match fit and he's just said, oh, I'll take this game off to try and, you know, get myself ready, which I, I don't think it was because of the whole four-hour flight. I think that's just, you know, the other fans trying to take a hit at birth glory. That's it. Can I just say, how stupid was that from Tony Sage to, yeah, to no, say that in the press? It was absolutely stupid. Sturridge even mm. came out and had to laugh at it. Yeah. It, it's strange, though, because if he couldn't play last week and then he played the five minutes in the first week, then clearly that five minutes was just to really appease the fans, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was confirmed that it was to appease the fans. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm pretty go. sure the Glory stayed in Melbourne this week, didn't they? Yeah, they like, did. They've got victory this weekend, so I reckon we'll see Sturridge this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think they've got, 
from what I understand, it's a nine-game stretch uh, out of uh, outside of Perth now. Um, yeah. So yeah, good luck to them. Not not a good start, I guess. But um, yeah, as you guys say, I think they've got they've got time to embed Sturridge um, and yeah, even start an arrow, get some more minutes into him. Uh, Keo's out for a few games now, I, I believe, with a calf injury. So when he comes back in as well, I think. They'll look a they'll look a more exciting prospect, but um, yeah. Moving on, I guess to Saturday's games, uh, and you had yeah the Phoenix and the Mariners uh, in Wollongong. Uh, the Phoenix back in Wollongong again, two one. That one finished there with uh, all the goals coming in the second half. A bit of um, another one of those games, I guess, where it was a bit of a slow first half, and then it kind of burst onto the yeah, kind of just exploded really in, in the second half with, with a few goals. Um, yeah, anyone, any, any, I guess, big, big thoughts on this kind of game? For me, it wasn't really a game where there was really anything big to speak about. I think Wellington winning in Wollongong is always a big kind of thing. I think it's really difficult for them at the moment. So, yeah, you guys want to touch on that at all? Or? Um, I think with Wellington, it's not really related to the game, but if they want to make finals this year, they, they need to start off quickly and they need to try and get the best they can out of Wollongong. Like, you saw last season how good they were in the second half of the season. But, you know, they started off really slowly, and I think that cost them. Mm. I think they can't afford to do that again. I I said that them in Wollongong this year is going to take a big hit out of them. I'm not sure if they're going to make the finals, but, you know, Ufik Teller, I think, is the best coach in the league. I think they've got a good enough squad. You know, they should be fine. Mariners looked good against the Jets, so I think getting the win over them today or on Saturday will, will be important for them. Uh, you know, you need to try and take, get those points where you can. And, like, for the Mariners, they shouldn't be too disheartened, I don't think. I think they've got a very good... They've got a talented squad. Uh, they've kept the core from last year. So they, they should be fine. I, I liked I liked the look of um, uh, Damien Sikhenis, uh the 20-year-old up front. Uh, he looked like a really interesting prospect. He, he seemed like a type of guy who was almost like a Cassini Yangi type. He, he kind of a big, big guy, and he was able to kind of really, almost a lot of crosses were going in. He was bringing them down and laying them off to, you know, a Bazanic or someone coming in, which I thought was really interesting at this level, someone to come in and do that straight away at the age of 20. Um, yeah, uh, so, so interesting stuff. Um, also, I guess, uh, good to see Nicholas Pennington make his debut for, for the Phoenix. Um, Riley, what do you what do you make of that signing, Nicholas Pennington? Do you think he's someone who really bolsters Wellington's midfield stocks? I um, I think Pennington looks like a good young player. Like I haven't seen much of him, but from the glimpses I saw the other night, like I think he can be a pretty good A League player. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. He has got an interesting career CV um, playing as many years as he did in Italy um, in the lower league. So for sure, you would think he would have, um, uh, yeah, learned, learned, learned quite a bit over there that he can um, bring uh, to Wellington in the A-League. So, yeah, I guess moving on, uh, this is uh, a game I think we're going to discuss probably heavily um, yeah. with two LA United guys on here and then a Melbourne City guy as well. Uh, yeah. A crazy game. Here we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy game, I guess, on Saturday night. Uh Quite a weird game. I was there. Um, I thought Adelaide started well, uh, and then 
as is always the case, I feel with Adelaide, they don't score and then they start to, I guess, lose confidence. Melbourne City, they've got the quality, they play themselves back into it. Uh, and yeah, it's just, just two goals, should have been more. Really, they should have killed the game off and then Adelaide decided to wake up again with 20 minutes to go and, and, and get it back to two all. Um, so two all is how it finished there at Highmarsh between Adelaide United and Melbourne City. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have got some, some opinions on this one. Uh, yeah, Riley, I, I'll throw it over to you as a disgruntled Melbourne City man. Well, um, I, I thought the first half was very good from us. There were very promising signs come from the first half. I thought Naboot looked very good the whole game. Yeah. And like, yeah. I feel like we started the f- second half well, but then it got to about the 70th minute and we just, we just let momentum swing. Adelaide got themselves into the game, started having more shots. Um, they ended up scoring Stefan Mork. And then just, yep. yeah, I think we cracked under pressure. Glover got the ball in the 90th minute and just, he tried to play a pass to boss, but I think he was just seeing all these players rushing at him, rushed it, the kick wasn't great, ended up going to Halloran. And uh, yeah, classic city in Adelaide away. <laughs> Fine way to check yeah. it. <laughs> I thought, yeah, uh, it was always, the first half was almost, split in two halves for me. I think Adelaide, that first period, looked really good. They looked sharp. Um, Melbourne City, just looking from above, from where I was sitting, they, they were still trying to figure out how they were going to press, how they were going to uh, deal with the threat of like an Isaias um, and not getting, not letting him, sorry, uh, dictate the game at all. Um, and then they just started playing a bit more on the counter and that right side, as you touched on with Naboo, Naboo, Berengay, uh, Lecky, whoever it was, uh, Josh Cavallo, he, he really struggled, um, the entire game, uh, to really deal with, deal with that threat on the right. That's how they got the first goal. Uh, and then, yeah, again, with Naboo, with, uh, another trademark Traveller, I think we're going to call it for Mandarin Naboo. Uh, isn't that right, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. I just, I just want to hop in quickly with my thoughts. Um, I thought overall it was a really up and down performance from Adelaide. I thought, especially right from the off, like the first five, 10 minutes, I thought Adelaide were exceptional. They looked really good from the first three minutes. Then they dipped. Uh, lucky, I think, not to be more than one nil down after the first half. Second half, they come out, they look slow. They get the second goal. And then I don't know what, I don't know how, but. You know, after the 70 minute mark, they got their heads back up again. They regrouped. And, you know, Yengi, we saw Mork's goal, but I think Yengi's work for that was superb. Like the run and then the shot as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Halloran's, Halloran's chip was just something else. No, and, yeah. You know, he deserved it. He deserved it because I thought he was our best player on the day. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Yengi's performance was very underrated. He's yeah, just yeah. absolutely threatening every single time he grabs the ball. Yeah, he's just for me, he's just so imposing. Like, um, even a guy like Nuno Reish, I thought he's, he's very experienced and was fantastic last year. Like, at the start of the game, for me, he was really bullying him. Um, and he's just that goal as well, that first goal, Alan, that you touched on, just came from him. He just dropped into midfield, picked up the ball, and he's, and he's able to get on the turn and then he can get a shot off like that. I think. Particularly, that's something that I didn't really see from him last year. So if he can add that into his game, that just gives him something else where he can kind of come deeper uh, and be a threat in the box. Um, so, 
that was that was really good to see from him. I just something else, and Riley, I'll throw to you uh, for this one. But I asked, uh, I was in the press conferences after the game, and I asked Patrick Snorbo. It was it was strange to see Melbourne City actually go quite longer a lot of the time. They obviously, as you all know, Riley, you know they do like to play short. They like to play out from the back all the time, keep the ball. Um, yet in this game, strangely, they thought let's actually go longer and maybe I guess it was to use the pace of of Alecki, Naboo and McLaren in behind. Um, but yeah, it, it was strange though. It just just seems like they're very much a team of principle and they, and they like to do things a certain way. Yet in this game, they they went away from that. Um, it, are you were you surprised by that yourself? Oh yeah, no, I I definitely noticed a difference in the way that we played, and I thought it was very strange that we ended up going straight to the wingers instead of the fullbacks. But then mm. you look at it, the absence of Nathaniel Atkinson, I think that Galloway's in there and they really trust Atkinson when he has the ball because mm. they know that he's going to run up the wing and then maybe create a chance or two. But then I feel like they're just like, oh, we want to score. Let's get it long. Cause do, do you think anything... Um, yeah, I've heard some people say Rostin Griffiths is a bit of an, a miss as well at the moment. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. His, his versatility is key for us at times. Mm. Like in the back line, in the midfield, like he he played last night in the cup, but yeah, he's just come off an injury too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll move on then to to the other game on Saturday, um, and this was an interesting result for me. I think is there can, Macarthur beating Sydney one uh, nil at uh, at Cogera. Um guys. Is something brewing at Sydney FC? Are there, are there issues that they haven't scored in the first two games? They haven't really looked like scoring from what I hear. Definitely in the derby last week when I was watching. They've lost to two of their close rivals, I guess. Uh, not lost, but they haven't won in their first two games against um, fellow Sydney teams. Is this, are we looking at maybe a fall of, I guess, a, a team that's always been in the top two? Could this be a team that, that slips out of there this season? I I don't think so. I, I think it's not really a Sydney FC thing. I think it's more losing Luke Bratton. That that's huge for them. Now he's out for the season. Uh, I think it's going to be really. I think they will pull out the top two, not due to the fall of the rest of the team. I think Bratton is just as such a huge loss. And if they don't adequately replace him, they're going to lose a lot of control in the midfield. I reckon. Well, I, I think, think that's going to yeah. cost him, especially given how yeah. good victory have looked this year. Mm. I think I touched on it last week actually when we were talking about the derby, and I said. It's more, obviously Luke Bratton is great at what he does, but I think it's more having to compensate for that by actually moving Anthony Caceres deeper. And I think if you want a, a different example of this and, and moving abroad, we look at like someone like Liverpool last season uh, in the Premier League and how many injuries they had and they had to kind of cater for that by putting someone like Fabinho at centre-back when he really does his best work in midfield. And for me, having to move Anthony Caceres to a deeper role when, again, he does his best work as a number 10 uh, is maybe something that's also hurting them at the moment. I don't think Elvis Kamsoba, although I like a lot of the things that he does, he, it's not really a signing. I haven't really understood it from a point of view of, you know, you Sydney have always brought in players who are kind of the finished article. Um, and I don't think Elvis Kamsoba is. I think he's still got work to do to get there. And I think adapting him to a number 10 role as well is something that's going to take a bit of time too. Um, Riley, what have you made, I guess, 
of Sydney's some of their signings. They've also signed Max Burgess, uh, who has been on the bench for the first two games. I think there was a feeling that he might have actually displaced Milos Ninkovic um, this season, but that hasn't really come to the fore yet. What have you made of the signing so far? I think that they've tried to add depth into their team because, like, you look at last season, they ran at the legs in the end. And, like, yeah, I think they just tried improving there. And they've signed Cam Sobar, Burgess, O'Toole, Donachie. And then, yeah, you haven't really seen the names of, like, Donachie or O'Toole anywhere yet. So I don't know what's going on there. But then you see, like, Cam Sober. Burgess hasn't played in a year, but he's starting to get in, integrated in. Look, I don't think their signings are bad. I just think it's going to take some time to work them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what about MacArthur? Because Lockie Rose um, scoring two and two, playing oh, in a different Jesus. role up front. Uh, well, sorry, what was that, Alf? No, you just reminded me of the, of the forfeit I had to do on Twitter last week. <laughs> no. Oh, Alan, do you want to tell everyone listening what that was? I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I didn't say t- that. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, I said if Lockie Rose scored against Wellington, I, I would tweet out, I love Tottenham Hotspur. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> and it went mad. I think ALM ended up retweeting it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it, w- it was pretty funny when I saw it. I didn't understand the context until I opened up my Twitter DMs. Yeah. Oh, well. The thing uh, is, I had, yeah. um, I wasn't watching the game and I had everyone pinging me saying there was, was like Roses scored. Yeah. And I just had my head in my hands, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I can't, yeah. Yeah. I guess. I'd have to nah. I'd never, I'd never take that risk. Saying that I love Tottenham, that's uh, that would be terrible. Um, I think all three of us here agree that saying that would be absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got two two Chelsea fans, one Arsenal fan here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Sums it up really. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess on Lockie Rose, the player uh, and everything at the moment, he's. He's doing really well in this number nine role. I'm quite surprised. I thought it's not really a role I didn't think he would really suit. Um, but he's look, Artem Milicic is getting something out of him up there. What uh, Riley Allen? Is anything you've seen? Like, why do you think he's really suited to that role um, in this team? I think just in the off season, he's been working on his game a little, and he's just been working on his shooting, a lot more attacking minded things because like. He was kind of playing goal, yeah. a wing-back role last year. And then, yeah, he was he was going forward every now and then, but I feel like his talents always looked better going forward and they wanted to try and implement that in. Mm. And, yeah, everyone's talking about how, like, Elvis Cam Sober has improved the heaps, but, but I think you need to look at Lockie Rose personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I was quick to um, pretty fun at him last year and how much uh, Fox hyped him up, but I think... He's kept Aha Santura on the bench. He's kept Tommy Urich on the bench for both games, mm. um, which I think it's it's a testament really to you know how much of his how much he's improved considering at the start of the season. You asked me, I'd probably have said he's the worst out of those three. But no, I think I think he's definitely improved over the offseason. He's definitely he looks like he's gotten better. And he looks like he 
could be a good little player this season. Well, yeah, I don't think I any, mean, any of us would have predicted. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I guess if you look at Juric and Alessandro as well, and we'll know this as, as Adelaide guys, they're very injury prone. So if he keeps this up, that nine spot is his. You know, he can keep them out for the rest of the season. There's, there's no reason why why he couldn't, in my opinion. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely Alan, agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll quickly move on then to, to Sunday. Uh, Melbourne victory. Um, Raleigh, you would have loved this. Big, big performance <laughs> against <laughs> against Brisbane. Um, winning 3-0. How much, I mean, how much do we put this? I thought Melbourne victory were very good, I uh, have to say. Um, but how bad were the Brisbane roar in this game? I thought it was pretty poor. Like, they just could not handle Victory's press. Um, there was a lack of awareness from Warren. But like, you know, I, I felt he had to change it. He had to at least go to four at the back or, or something like that. Something to actually get them to have some sort of control of the game. Uh, because Victory, they just, they had him. You know, they, they knew how to press. They pressed the back three man-to-man straight away. Um, and... That's how they got uh, the second goal in particular was just won the ball high, Berlante with the loose ball in behind the Rojas and then just teed up D'Agostino for an easy tap-in. Uh, it was, yeah, uh, it was really easy, I thought, for victory in the first half in particular. Uh, is there, you know, uh, Brisbane Raw, that's two losses at the start of the season, only one goal scored, five conceded. Uh, Alan, is there an issue there at the moment? I think there might be. I think... I liked their recruitment strategy of going local, of going young, looking at players in the NPL. I'm not sure it's going to work, at least in the immediate term, however. I think mm. it's an incredibly risky move to have so many inexperienced players lining up week in, week out. And I, and I think it's cost them so far. They've looked inexperienced. They haven't really looked like the side they were last year. I think we can all say that they shocked us big time last year. But I don't, mm. I don't know what's happened, really. It's um, it's been two poor performances in a row from them, I think. Yeah. You know, and and in this game, they just looked, they looked terrible. Like victory just ran all over them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think even even the guy like JHA, who's usually you know he's at the fulcrum really of what they do. Uh, he is always at the center of it. He gets his foot on the ball. They start to control the game. Uh, and he just couldn't. And he was just giving away the ball so cheaply. Um, and I just don't think victory had to actually be that good in this game, uh, to be honest. Although in saying that, um, I thought I thought they were. I thought they were really clinical, you know, three goals, three points. I think um, it was, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we got two Adelaide guys and a Melbourne City guy here. But I think, you know, begrudgingly, we can say it was it was good in a way to see to see victory kind of up and about again, and, and to see you know their fans kind of back. It, it is good for the league as much as we might not like to admit it. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, Riley, are you are you worried about your crosstown rivals? Do you think that they might actually be be back in this, be back in contention? I, I think it's too early to call. Like, I went to the Western mm. game and, like, I didn't really get to see too much of this game. But from what I saw, they're, they're looking good. Like, Marco Rojas, I think they mm. really missed him last year. He I mean, he, he was, he was superb. 
against yeah. Brisbane last week. Really good. Yeah. He's proved everyone wrong that was gonna that was all going, Oh, nah, he's just gonna get injured again. Nah, he's not gonna be the same player. He's just turned around and said, We'll have a look at me. I'm gonna yeah. go up to my old tricks and yeah, I, look, I, I think Melbourne victory will be good. I don't know if I'm completely worried yet because I want to see more of them before I completely judge them. It's like it's only yeah. been two games. But um, look, I also wanted to add to a point that Alan made earlier, like the whole how Brisbane have been looking a bit shaky. I thought they actually looked solid in the second half of the um, round one game. But yeah, no, from what I've seen in this game today, Oh, last week, sorry. It was just not good at all. Yeah. Absolutely poor. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they just, yeah, they just couldn't get anything going, no rhythm at all. Um, but I think Alan made a good point. You know, they did surprise us last year. I still had them in my six. I think they've got some quality there. I think Warren Moon is a really good coach. I think he'll get them playing the I, way I he wants again. Well. What's that, sir? I think he is as well. I think he gets yeah. under. I think he gets grossly underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just like how, you know, he tries something different with the back three um, and with the wingbacks, and also with two up front. It's, it's kind of yeah. Everyone's, I guess, a four three three or a, a four two three one, and he kind of came in and did something different, and, and it really kind of worked last year. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I posed the question, but I, I don't really agree with that. I think, yeah, just give them time uh, and we'll see what they do uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, one guy who might not have much time if these results keep coming up is, is Carl Robinson, uh, to all oh. against the Jets. <laughs> oh, I love, yeah, I love well, talking about this. <laughs> yeah, because it's, um, it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? Like, the wonder is they are, it's, they're just so fragile. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but just looking at I, I know, how the game... Bit, bits of it. You watched that? Yeah, you watched it a bit, I watched, yeah. I watched bits of the first half. I didn't get to watch all of it either. Can I just yeah. say, like, I didn't get to watch much of this game, but I'm looking at the shot count. Western Sydney had 31 shots. I saw that as well, but I'm mm. not sure a lot of them were high quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they only have a two-expected goal from... That thirty-one shots. Nice. So, um, where, just just asking you guys, right? Uh, are we? Where can we find expected goals um, for the A League? Because it's uh, Fort Mob. Mob have them. Mob. Okay. Okay. I'll keep an eye out because for me, uh, I think as Premier League fans, anyway, that's something that's uh, always thrown around uh, the XG, and uh, it really does help you. Um, yeah really decide whether those chances were quality or not. I'm just having a look at it now. A lot of mm-hmm. the shots from the Wanderers came from outside the box. So Yeah. Yeah. Probably zero point zero two XG. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of them are are zero point zero three, zero point zero two. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. But um yeah the Wanderers, I mean, good to see Bernie Abini score, Tom Ahmed off the mark. Um you know, yeah, you, you can still say, look, it's early doors. But I think the sentiment around Wanderers fans, uh, Alan, is that it should be, well, hang on a minute. You know, it's there's no more betting period. You know, you need to kind of start straight away and get results straight away. Yeah. And really, I think last week in the derby, not, not last week, the week before, I guess, in the derby, 
it was they didn't look like scoring. Now they look like conceding too many. So there's just an imbalance, isn't there? Yeah, I I know a lot of Wanderers fans on social media. I'll follow all of them, and the general consensus regarding Carl Robinson is not good. Um, even from last season, lots of people were not convinced. I don't think he's very good. I think they will be found out again this year, regardless of you know how good Jack Rodwell is or whatever. I don't think he's making it out until the end of the season. How much do you think that is because of him, though? Do Do you think there is something? I think, fundamentally wrong with how that football club is run? I think so. I, I, as much as I say Carl Robinson isn't very good, you can't place the blame solely on him because if you look mm. under Babble, it hasn't worked. Under Gombau, it didn't yeah, work. That's right. Yeah. Um, they haven't got it right at, at all since Tony Popovich. They can point to, we've got the new stadium, we've got the new training ground. We're doing all this stuff behind the scenes, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't produce, if you can't make the finals in four years. Yeah. Which I think I think that club just needs an entire clean out from top to bottom. Like letter yeah. letterer John JT probably needs to go. I can't say his last name. I think it's Titsamas. Yeah. So I think the um, Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's not good. Um I think you know you can go and watch you know, highlights of the Wanderers home games back in, you know, from, from eight, nine years ago. And you're just seeing like a, a bouncing kind of Pertec Stadium. That's what it was called back then. And now you kind of watch their heart and you watch their games and it's just this kind of duller atmosphere. And it's a bit more, you know, of course, the RBB, they try and, you know, generate their noise, of course. But it's just this really kind of somber, I, I feel more atmosphere. And, and until that club, starts getting results on a consistent basis and, and starts acting a bit more, I guess, like their, their rivals have been, Sydney FC, on the pitch, um, then they're just not going to get that back. Uh, and when, you know, when they had that, that was just so great for the league. Um, it was just fantastic. Uh, everyone enjoyed it, um, just watching it from afar as well. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I guess we'll move on and we'll talk about something more positive, which was the Newcastle Jets performance, because I thought, um, well, I think they are looking really good. Uh, Nicol Tazza yeah. is getting off the mark. Um, Bumal off the mark as well. Valentino Yule, it looks like he's back uh, after struggling a little bit, I guess, at the end of last season. He's back in the starting 11 and he's uh, picking up um, the form that he, that he had at the start of last season, um, if, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it, it's been good to see, to see Pappas and Newcastle kind of really go for it. Um, in these opening two games. I mean, they conceded four goals, but they scored three. So, I mean, uh, Riley, I guess it's a little bit, um, you know, they're kind of the entertaining side of the league at the moment. Oh, yeah. I think they're definitely the most underrated side in the league at the moment. Like, mm. And I just want to point out, there's a player that at Newcastle that just has really surprised me this year. And um, Daniel Pena. Yeah, he's going to be like a Naoki Subaki at City last year where he comes in, he plays like a couple games off the bench and isn't really much special. He's come in, he's started all the games so far and he's just looked like a star. Well, I believe someone told me, um, Daniel Pena, uh, so he's 23, so he's still quite young, which is really interesting that Newcastle been able to get you know, a 23-year-old Brazilian into the A-League. I mean, I, mean, I think that's fantastic piece of recruitment by them but 
what's interesting is I think it was the under 17 World Cup uh, quite a few years ago. It must have been six or so years ago when he was 17 uh, or 16. And apparently he was, I think, player of the tournament or something like that. So he's clearly got uh, ability that has been recognized on a, on a almost world stage. So uh, he's someone who, yeah, I, I really like him on the ball. I agree. Um, I think with Bumal and Yule, uh, they've got pace as well. Uh, and Mikko Tate, I touched him last week um, for his performance in the FRA Derby. I thought he's really good as well. And with that front four, I mean, that can hurt anybody, Alan. That, that's what I really think, yeah. Yeah, they, they do look good this season. I think they I think they could surprise a lot of people, me included. I didn't think there were going to be anything special this year. Like, not in spite of Arthur Pappas's coach, I didn't think that squad was inspiring at all. Mm. But yeah, um, also I wanted to touch on um, the performance of Adama Traore. I thought it was absolutely superb. As was Jack Rodwell. Yeah, Jack yeah, Rodwell was good. Yeah, good yep. signing. Hmm. Yes. Uh, so, interesting. Uh, interesting result. Um, questions, I guess, for both managers. I think, look, Carl Robinson's going to have a hanging question mark over his future until he, until he really goes on a run with this sort of team, uh, with this team. Uh, and I think Arthur Pappas, the question for him is finding, yeah, that right balance um, between goals, um, between scoring and conceding goals at the moment. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on, I guess, looking ahead to this week's fixtures. And uh, it, it does start tomorrow night with Carl Robinson uh, and the Wanderers. They, they are playing the Knicks um, in, in Wollongong. That's an interesting one. I think uh, it's not a big trip, of course, for the Wanderers, but Wellington, um, they are at Wollongong again. And I think um, they, this is going to be a tight one. Uh, Riley, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I think it will be a very close game. Both teams have a lot to play for at the moment. They've both started the season off kind of shaky. Wellington in the upper hand, though being undefeated, mm. whereas Western Sydney also undefeated, but they haven't got a win, which Wellington have up there. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting how Carl Robinson sets up and how Ufuk Tale also battles that. But, yeah, it should be a very good game. Yeah, yeah. Um, should be interesting. Uh, Toma Hamed against his former team uh, as well. And um, is, Alan, if Carl Robinson loses tomorrow night, what do you think? Is that, like, is it, that's it? It's get him out right now? Or what, what do you think um, in, in terms of his situation? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, I think even the club admitted that they'll have to give him about 10 games, which I think you have to. I don't think you can look at the three games and say, oh, you know, we haven't won we need to get rid of the manager. I don't think you can do that, no. especially if you look yeah. at the amount of signings he's brought in. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think if the Wanderers lose, pressure will mount up, yeah. But I don't think they'd sack him or they'd be incredibly stupid to sack him. Even though I'm not yeah. convinced by him as a manager. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Um, because it's, they had results last year where you go, Wow, like that, that kind of, I think they, it was a game where they just destroyed Wesley United 5 0. Like, yes, okay, Wesley United were awful last year, but the way they played was kind of 
you know, wow, okay, it looks like maybe this is coming together. Um, so you're right. I think what, you know, if this team is kind of topsy-turvy again, then they're probably not going to make finals. But if you can just find a way to get results like this, which, you know, going to Wellington and Wollongong, you know, it won't be easy. Although, you know, we've spoken about Wellington struggling maybe with dealing with the, um, the COVID situation and playing in Wollongong. I think still um, with the Wanderers not having to travel um, as much to, to go there um, and maybe just knowing their surroundings more as it is closer, uh, then they might um, they might find it a bit easier um, than maybe actually, of course, having to play Wellington in Wellington. Um, so, look, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, moving to Saturday, and there's some interesting games actually on Saturday. We've got Brisbane and Adelaide um, at 4.30 on Saturday. And uh, this is an interesting one, Alan, I think, because Brisbane, uh, we know, will be, you know, they'll be hungry to win. Um, it's their first game at home, first home game of the season. And Adelaide, um, yeah, will will want also their first win of the season. So it, it creates an interesting um, desire, I guess, for both teams to get off the mark here. Yeah, I, I think both teams will, of course, be desperate to win. But I think looking at how we've played in the first two games, how good we were against Perth, you know, how good we were, admittedly, in patches against City, um, I, think, I think Adelaide will win. Yeah, I think, of course, I mean... It's easy to get sucked in like this and think, um, based on the performances, you know, uh, Adelaide should win. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, it's got to be a case of taking your chances. I, I was actually going to mention this before when we were discussing the Adelaide Melbourne City game, but uh, Carl Viet after the game was, I actually asked him, you know, you, talking a lot about the Achilles Hill last season, you know, not taking chances and stuff. But when I think all Adelaide fans are kind of thinking, well, okay, but when is this going to end? Like, when are we actually going to get, you know, a two, three, even four game stretch where, okay, the team starts to find the net with a, on a consistent basis. And I think that's something which is becoming a little bit of a frustration at the moment. Um, would you agree with that, Alan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had that six game winning run last year. And I think the reason behind that was, you know, just how good Craig Goodwin was. Mm. I think having him and Halloran, you know, Stefan Walk firing in all cylinders as well around the striker, be it Yangi, be it Toure. So, I remember Viet saying that he was thinking of starting both of them. He's thinking of starting them both together as a, in a front two. I think if you just get yeah. the players around them firing, they'll, they'll be fine. Because we you saw it Goodwin, last year. Goodwin hopefully will start tomorrow. Uh, I think he will. Yeah. I think yeah. he's going to start. All right. Also, um, um, I just wanted to point yeah, at okay. this before we go more in depth. Um, this was actually a corner final matchup coming up too. Both yeah. these teams obviously played each other in the quarterfinal last year, so I think mm-hmm. Brisbane will have a point to prove in trying to get their revenge. Because yeah. obviously Tommy Urich brace knocked them down last year. Yeah, um, that, that actually is interesting because I think um, that was a weird game, looking back on that, because I think Adelaide, it really was a game of two halves, and Adelaide weren't really fancied um, going into it. I didn't, I didn't feel like it, but then they kind of came out, scored the two goals, and yeah, I think Brisbane will be annoyed, particularly because they were at home. So I think, yeah, you make a good point um, that they will be, um, you know, wanting to get to get that revenge. But uh, moving on to your boys, Riley, um, Melbourne City facing Western United uh, on Saturday night. Uh, I believe. Do, do we know is that the is that the main game on Channel Ten on Saturday? 
No, I believe it's the Sydney game, sadly. Oh, it is. It is Sydney, Newcastle. Okay. Um, but I guess a lot of interesting plot lines, storylines here. You've got, um, what, Lucky Wales against his former club again. You've got John, o- John Aloisi, of course, against his former club. Ben Gritch, Kenny yeah. against his former club. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call them City rejects. No, that's probably a bit too harsh. Is it? No, just oh, a, a bunch of former City players is. coming up against the former team. I yeah. mean, if you asked um, Stefan Mork, he'd say City rejects. <laughs> yeah. given, what, given what happened last year with Neil Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, is, this is an interesting game, I think, because a Saturday night, you know, prime time, Western United, they had a decent result last week. But if they were to get a result here, then that might really start to breed some confidence in that squad, uh, Alan. I, th- I think they could. I think John Luisi, again, I don't think he's very good. But if he can get really? a winner. Yeah, you, you don't rate Johnny Aloisi? I, I don't really rate I, him. I, I looked at it how it fell apart at Brisbane. I'm not overly convinced, really, by him. I See, when but, I know, look at that he, tenure, he, yeah. When I look at that tenure, you know, I look more at those first, I think it was the first three seasons or first two that he had with Brisbane. And I think, you know, he got these guys playing some really good football. Yeah, they, they couldn't quite make that last jump uh, to maybe a grand final or winning a championship. Um, but I just think Wesley and I were so poor last season. You know, if anybody can get them, I guess, to a decent level again, competing for finals football, I think he can. I think he can. Um, I, I think he can as well. The squad's yeah. good enough. I think if they win, if they win against City, they, they're definitely in for a chance to. So... I think yeah. he needs to start getting more out of Privilevich, or however you say it, Privilevich. I'm just going to say Privilevich. Privilevich. Priyavich, I think, yeah. Priyavich. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, he was big signing over the summer. I think if they get more out of him, if, they, if he starts you know, getting a couple of goals, then he's in for a big season. I think they'd be in for a big season if he's firing. Will, will he start? Because uh, just looking, when Dylan Wendell Halls came on last week, I thought... Yeah, this, this works. You know, you've got Diamante, you've got Connor Payne, Wales, Dylan Wendell Halls. You've got a bit of pace, but then you've got Diamante with the class and the ability to, to find someone in behind. I think Priyavich has brought, been brought in, I guess. But I just think from a tactical point of view, and particularly with City wanting to play such a high line, uh, maybe it's actually a better idea to maybe give Dylan Wendell Halls a nod in this game. Yeah, I think they'll opt for pace against the Sydney yeah. defence. Yeah. So, interesting. Um, what about Melbourne City, uh, Riley? Because they, well, we, we were talking off air before and you, and you were not convinced by their performance last night in the Cup. Uh, and I, I have to be honest, and when we spoke about it with the Adelaide game, they just haven't, and maybe that's, maybe we just expected too much. Probably that's the case. We, we just expect them to kind of come back in and play like champions like they were last year. Um, how long, I guess, are they going to need? Is this a good uh, game for them to kind of get closer to where they were uh, in terms of the way they were playing last year? Look, I'm I'm not overly concerned at the moment. It's like you look at last year, we had a very slow start too. It took us like five or six games to get going, and then we was it like a nine game streak where we won or drew games, and it just really plopped us up the ladder. 
So, yeah, I, I feel like slow starts are always something that will happen. But it's just the performances that you put into those games, even if you just draw or lose. At least if you actually look special in those games. That's what all I ask. Even if we lose, which I'm not, Western are actually looking all right at the moment. If we can put together a full 90, I think we'll be all right. But that's just yeah. not how we've been so far this season. So, look, I don't know what to think of it, but yeah, I feel yeah. like Western could give us a run for our money. Yeah, because I think. What was interesting about the game last week was, you know, Melbourne City, I don't think it was their most, you know, it was a vintage performance, but then at the end of the day, Naboo picks up the ball and then he, he scores a goal like that. It's kind of like, well, you know, they don't really have to play that well because they've got such good star players going forward. Um, and that was, that was interesting for me because it's almost like, you know, we can just, all right, give the ball to Leckie, give the ball to Naboo, see if they can do something if, if and get us kind of out of trouble. Do you feel like that's something that, you know, you're okay with that? Is that is that okay to actually have those stars and, and let them maybe take the reins if things aren't really going well? Oh, look, I, I would be looking towards like a lackey who's been in Europe for a very long time if we're having a not-so-great performance to like hopefully try and lift the team up. Like, I feel like against Adelaide at times he was trying to do that, which like, yeah, it's going to take him a while to fully integrate himself into the system, but he could have done a bit better at times. But I, I feel like, yeah, he was definitely showing the intent. And it was working at times, but at other times it wasn't. So we need to become a bit more consistent in our decision-making on that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll move on then to the main game on Saturday. Um, Sydney and Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle up against another um, fellow New South Wales rival, I guess, um, here. And uh, Alan, what do we make of this one? This is this is an interesting game here because if Newcastle wanted to play a team, well, if Newcastle were looking for a good time to play Sydney, it was prob- it's probably now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be a tough game for both teams. I think Sydney, despite their struggles, they're, they're still Sydney. Um, mm. I think... They'll, they'll still be tough to beat. I think they're going to have some problem transitioning from defence to attack purely because Bratton isn't there. Um, I think, as I said before, he's a huge loss. So I think I think Newcastle, if they can continue the performances they had, you know, across the last two games, I still think, I think they can win. Yeah, yeah, I think they can win as well. Um, I just, yeah. They are they are leaking goals uh, at the moment, Newcastle. So potentially, if they leave the back door open, you know, Lafondra could maybe get his first of the season and get off the mark in this game. This could be a game where we do see goals. Uh, that's that's I guess going to be my prediction um, for this game. But moving on to, to Sunday's games quickly before we get into some to FA Cup uh, action from from last night and Macarthur and the Mariners is going to kick off Sunday. Uh, interesting, interesting game. This one, Macarthur, obviously still undefeated in the first two games. This is a good opportunity, actually, to to to, to maybe win again and, and go three undefeated, Riley. Oh yeah, I I think that Macarthur are a very good chance. I also think the Mariners also have a point to prove. 
But yeah, I think McCarthy will pull over the line. Just the quality of McCarthy's team is just very good this year, and I, I can't see them dropping games like this. Is it? Is this a game where Ulysses Devia might show you know show us why you know he made that move? And I guess because he hasn't really got going yet in those first couple of games, but I think this is a good opportunity for him at home in front of the fans to 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 actually put in uh, a good, good shift. Yeah, I think this is definitely a chance for him to get comfortable and hopefully propel his team forward. But, like, if I'm pointing out a MacArthur player that I think will be absolutely damaging is Craig Noon. We had him last season. Mm. He's obviously made the move to MacArthur. He's got a bigger role on him now by the looks. Um, Yeah, I think 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 this is definitely a game that he'll break open. Yeah, it's interesting, that that merry-go-round, because I think MacArthur... They got the better of it. Well, they, they got a good deal because I think Craig Noon's a good addition. And then you guys got Lecky, uh, Melbourne City. So I think everyone kind of won. Um, yeah, win-win. Yeah, yeah, in that scenario. So, yeah, I think Noon, Devia, uh, Alan, do we think either Tommy Urich or Al Santore will feature or, well, at least get more minutes maybe in, in this game? They'll feature. I think I don't think Urich actually was involved in the first game. I think it was through injury. I think, but yeah. no, I think they could. I think they could feature. I think Rose will start again, rightly so. Um, but I think we could see Toure come off the bench if they're looking for something different. I think if Urich could come off if they're looking for a more um, conventional approach. But yeah, I think it will still be lucky Rose, and again, rightfully so. Yeah, and the Mariners. You haven't really, I guess spoken that much about the Mariners um, so far. Um, interesting, interesting start there, Matt. I thought, I thought that was decent in the first game against, against the, uh, Newcastle in the derby. Got the win. Uh, and then conceded a couple of sloppy goals last week against Wellington and lost. Are they maybe like a mid-table side, I guess, up and down? You know, you're kind of not too sure with the change of manager as well what you're going to get right now? I think so. Um, yeah. But then again, if you look at what happened last year, I think it was the Mariners played MacArthur again, and I think it was in round three. And they won pretty comfortably. And it was the start of their season. It was like a real landmark moment for them. So I think if they win again, like on Sunday, who's saying they can't, you know, go on another good run and make the finals again? Well, I think the Mariners, in the regular season, they beat... MacArthur three times, I believe. And then, of course, we had the semi-final, uh, not the semi-final, the quarter-final or the elimination final, whatever you want to call it, um, where MacArthur won 2-0. So, interesting. Um, I guess, yeah, you know, uh, the Mariners won a lot of the battles, but MacArthur won the war in the end um, by, by winning the, the most important game of them all. So, should be interesting. I think, like Riley touched on before with Brisbane and Adelaide, maybe there's a little bit of revenge from, from the Mariners to, to get back at them here. On Sunday, uh, oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Mm. Elim last year was just superb as a neutral. Yeah, uh, should should be interesting. Um, and then another good storyline, I think, to finish the round with with victory taking on Perth, Tony Popovich, Perth Glory, um, taking them on again, uh, and of course, I guess with Tony Popovich bring in a lot of players who worked with that Perth. There's going to be a lot of players playing their old club here uh, too. D'Agostino, Davidson. Um, Spirani. Kind of 
Jacob Bremer, uh, or Jake Bremer, sorry. Yeah, you know. Um, so that that should be interesting. Uh, victory, I mean, we're going to touch on the cup in a minute, but Alan, uh, I was at the game last night where they played Adelaide City uh, in the FFA Cup. They did play, obviously, completely rotated side, basically the second, yeah. even even third string, some of the players that played last night. Um, so they've really rested most of their team for for Sunday's game, which is understandable. It's a big game. Uh, but do, do we look anything into that game last night? I mean, they were very poor uh, despite winning at they, the end. They I were think. very bad. I, I mean, abysmal, yeah. Should have won. They should have mm. gone through. But look, again, heavily rotated side. I think Margiotta, he looked like he might have gotten hurt. So I don't know um, how heavily involved he'll be. He looked in like game. he was hurt before he went on the pitch. Um, <laughs> Margiotta. Yeah. So, yeah but, no, I think they'll win. I think having the luxury of having a lot of their players rest will probably will help them. I think they'll win. I think Daniel Storage will feature, which will make... Yeah, yeah, harder for them than mm. in their other two games. But no, I think I think they'll win. Yeah, I, I think they'll win as well. Um, I'm just not really convinced about Perth, and that's probably the main reason why at the moment. Um, I think Sturridge or not, you know, if they don't have Sturridge, then you know they're going to lose maybe a key attacking threat. If they do, then they're going to need time to embed him in in what they're doing uh, and get him fitting into the system and, and how they want to play. So I think Perth, they need a bit more time. And I think victory, uh, and as we just touched on, the rest of players will will get the job done. So I'm I'm looking, yeah, I, I'm thinking they're going to win that one um, on Sunday. What about you, Riley? Yeah, I think victory definitely going as favourites at the moment. They're playing some very good football. I hate to admit it. But yeah, Look, they were very rotated last night. I think they were playing a lot of their players that are unfit too. Whereas yeah. you have a look at like the teams that have been playing in the A-League and the only players you really see there are like Margiotta and maybe a couple others. So, yeah, victory very rotated last night, nearly lost. However, I do think that they'll win quite easily against Perth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll move on and we'll finish with with uh, just a quick review of the FA Cup action from last night. Interesting um, night of football. We, we just touched on it then, talking about victory and, and Adelaide City. Uh, I just, I guess I'll just take a moment talk a little bit about Adelaide City. Um, one of the Italian community clubs uh, here in Adelaide um, and a club which obviously has a lot of history from, from the NSL. Uh, and being involved in that, won won a couple of national titles as well, and it was great to see them involved on a national uh, on a national stage and in a cup competition like that. And uh, to be honest, I've watched the, I watched them quite a bit uh, in the NPL, uh, the local NPL this season, and they were able to actually implement a lot of the stuff that they do there in this game uh, against the victory, which is really impressive. And a lot of those guys are really guys who some of them I know, um, and they are content with playing local football they're not really guys who have big aspirations and they just want to kind of go out there and enjoy it with their mates and really i think they they really played their heart out last night and to be honest on a different day uh, as we touched on i think they they win that one comfortably uh riley 
Is Riley still there? Riley there? Yeah. Yeah. That's right, Sorry. we got him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just, just touching on the uh, the Adelaide City game last night. Um, I think, yeah, we, we were speaking before. They had 16, 17, I think, shots. And I think... Yeah, 16 only four shots. On, six, yeah, something like that. And victory... Victory's only shot on target was the penalty at the end, which I thought was just remarkable. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was just saying, I think they're just very unlucky and I would have loved to seen them uh, as an SA, yeah, someone based in SA, uh, to actually go into the round of 16 would have been really awesome. Yeah, no, it would have been definitely great to see Adelaide City get a nice cup set, but it unfortunately was not to be. Yeah, uh, and what about um, yourself, Alan? Uh, yeah, we, we're both here in SA. Um, Adelaide City won, the, of course, the, the state title um, this season as well. Uh, what, what did you make of them? Uh, and, and yeah, uh, very unlucky in the end. Well, they gave them like, a really good account of themselves. Uh, and they really did showcase how good um, NPL clubs can perform, how good the NPLSA can be. You know, some of the talent that's come out of it recently has been very good. You look at even the Adelaide City squad. Some They had some really good players. You know, Asad Kumakovic, uh, Lockie Bart was really impressive. So I, I, I thought they really should have won. You know, well, they got... Interesting you mentioned um, Asad uh, Kusumovic because from my understanding anyway uh, is that he has been training with Adelaide United and they- guy like Daniel Brasson in midfield. He was at the Mariners uh, as an academy player um, just before COVID hit. And he's someone that I know uh, personally, so it was great to see him and I thought he played really well. And you're right, Lachlan Barr. Uh, and then some older guys, Nick Booker, Joe Costa. Um, these guys who have been around the local league um, for many years. And um, yeah, they did they did really well. Um, Even so the, really um, good. Dakota Oshunum. Yeah, Dakota as well, Dakota Oshunum. Um, in goals, of course, ex Adelaide United too. So, yeah, interesting. Um, there, I think the big game though, well, the most entertaining game from what it looked anyway was was in Wollongong uh, with Luke Wilkshire's Wolves taking on uh, the Mariners. Two red cards. Uh, we had a comeback, a penalty, and we also had I think Alu Qual's brother on the bench, I believe, yeah. in uh, Peter Peter Qual. Or, no, hang on. I know he plays Jerome. Hume City. He plays the Hume City. Got that one wrong. Sorry. <laughs> That's Paul Qual. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, but, well, we'll touch on the Hume City game anyway. But Wollongong um, gave a good account of themselves in this one, Alan. I didn't watch it. I was busy uh, watching the United, or the, um, not the United, the City game. So I, yeah. I didn't get the chance to watch this. But what I heard, I heard Wollongong, they did play well. I heard the Oof. game was crazy. I heard Berrigini got sent off, but apparently he shouldn't have been. I can't say yeah. anything on that because I didn't see the uh, the, the um, red card offence. But no, again, it's another good example of NPL clubs 
you know, holding their own against A-League men teams, I think. You know, the Wolves, they state their claim as to why they should be in the A-League men's. They show that they are good enough to perform at this level. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they probably will be the next expansion team. I think they definitely have the facilities to do it. Yeah. They've got the players to do it. And, again, they proved that. Yeah. Well, uh, Riley, do you think Wollongong is... I mean, are they a shoo-in? Are they definitely the next expansion team for the, for the A-League men? I think they're a shout, yeah, for sure. Um, but I feel like, like, and this isn't me being like, oh, stuff New South Wales, I don't want another team in New South Wales. But, however, I feel like we do need to target different audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think- feel like Tasmania and Canberra and places like that would be a lot more smarter. It just depends where you've got interest. I think there does seem to be interest in Wollongong, um, from what I understand. I think I think maybe a lot of people maybe think like, that. Uh, also, to the, add to that, like they've also got the stadium to host an early game, like yeah. Wellington have been going it off. But was it? I think some people were a little bit. I was a little bit confused with Macarthur because I think some people think, well, isn't that kind of almost the Wollongong area anyway? Um, or is it, I don't know, I think none of us are really Sydney-siders, so maybe we don't, don't know. But I think there was maybe a thought that, you know, is, is it instead of maybe Macarthur, you could just do Wollongong and kind of they could just have that area. I, I don't know. But it, it's interesting. I think Alan's right with what he said. They've got a good setup. Um, you know, they've got... Uh, a couple of XA League players in there, Lachlan Scott. He scored last night um, from from the penalty spot, and then Luke Wilshire as well with the manager. Uh, so yeah, they, they do seem to have a good setup. I believe they've performed very well in the local league as well uh, in the NPL in New South Wales. Uh, so yeah, um, it would be interesting to see them as an expansion team. I, Riley, I think you make a good point about you know are we getting too Sydney Melbourne biased with the expansion? I I would have to agree with that. I think, and this is again, like Riley says, it's not me being, you know, an anti Melbourne, anti Sydney person as someone from Adelaide. I just think there is interest in other states. I think a second team in Queensland would be interesting. I think a second team in Adelaide would be very interesting. I think it, it's the logistics of that. Too. Yeah, yeah. The logistics of an Adelaide or an SA second team would be interesting. I think, and Alan might be able to jump in on this. There has been rumours of, you know, would NPL clubs be joining together? But there is a bit of animosity or a bit of reluctance uh, with, with local clubs here in SA to really do something like that. But, yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts on that were, uh, Alan, but um, it would be would be interesting to see a second team in Adelaide. Would be. I've always kind of been against the idea of a second team purely because Adelaide, you know, they've already, they've always, like, sort of established themselves as, as the team for South Australia and everyone kind of knows him as the mm. team for South Australia. So I'm not sure how a second team would go about with that. Yeah, I guess there's a question of would that, if you actually have a second team in the one state, would it add more fans or would it just break up the fans that are already supporting the one team? Um, I think... Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of you know, people who play football in South Australia who they... they are attached to these local clubs. They, you know, they follow these local clubs, but they don't necessarily follow the A-League. 
you know, mm. which I think you bring him in and it could have an, it could have a good react, could have a good, you know, effect. On the other hand, it could break up, you know, the fan base of United. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think quick, it'll personally yeah, be mixed, sorry. but I think that it'll be more of the latter. I think that they'll take more Adelaide United fans and they'll grab new ones. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be interesting. I guess time will tell uh, on the whole expansion um, process. But uh, we'll finish, I guess, and touch on uh, Melbourne City uh, against Hume City last night. And this time I will get it right. It, it was uh, Ali Kuala's brother, Paul Kowal, came off the bench in the 68th minute. I've heard some good things about this kid um, uh, from my understanding. I think he was involved or he he was or maybe he might be going to the Mariners. Uh, Mariners academy even or something like that um and yeah uh, it's interesting to see him involved as well uh and Hume City Riley uh put up a good effort um in your opinion oh they they definitely had their fair amount of good shots on goal I, I never really was too concerned but there are a couple chances where I thought they genuinely looked threatening like I think yeah. There are, there's quite a bit of former A-League quality in there, like with the likes of Scott Cheng, Brandon Lawton, Mitch Cooper, Josh Bingham. Yeah. And, like, Mitch Cooper and Josh Bingham especially, like, last night they both looked superb, in my opinion. Are they guys that could maybe pick up A-League contracts again, do you think? Uh, I think Mitch Cooper's getting to that age where he probably is more likely to stay in the NPL, whereas I think Josh Bingham could definitely. Yeah. It's like Josh Bingham's about mid-20s now, whereas Mitch Cooper's, like, getting towards his 30s. So, yeah, yeah. it'd be yeah. very interesting to see how they go. But overall, yeah, I, I think City's youngsters last night were actually quite good. Yeah, we should have done more. Yeah, how about Luke Oreski? I've heard some good things about him today just on social media, uh, that he was very good when he came off the bench. Oh, yeah, he, he nearly scored, like, straight away off the bench. Yeah. Like, he, he definitely looked very promising off the bench. Like, he, yeah. he came off and then his first touch was just he got it, he ran it into the box and just hit the side ending. Like, straight impact right there. That's what you, yeah. all you can ask the young stuff. Just get themselves into the game. Yeah. Feel comfortable. Yeah, that's right. And I guess um, the other guy was Manuel uh, Pucciarelli, yeah, who got the uh, assist for Matthew Leckie's goal. Matthew Leckie off the mark. Uh, so a, a good night all round for Melbourne City, uh, rather. Like, yeah, like me and you were talking off air earlier. Yeah. I thought Pucciarelli was solid in his first game. Like, he, his assist was a thing of beauty. The way that he, like, it, it might not look too good, but it was just a nice, quick-paced ball along the ground. Exactly what you asked for. Yeah. Just he, he just looks like a player that can come in and replace Luna and just get the job done. That's all I can ask. Yeah, that's that you'd have to think that was the, the strategy behind that signing. Just just get a replacement for Adrian Luna. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I think we found our man just the way that he was looking last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um any any other thoughts, Alan, just on the SFA Cup and uh, on, on last night's action? Uh, it's it's been surprising that um not a single NPL team has been able to beat you know the A League teams. I think it's you could say it's down to COVID. You could say it's down to the A League teams improving. 
It's been interesting so far. So it's been yeah. a good tournament. I've heard some theories about the Federation and, and letting A-League teams win, but surely there's, there's nothing in that. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't think so. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so... so that's everything, that? I guess. I think, that I think that's pretty much... I think we've pretty much covered everything now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's, that's all. Uh, that's all from, from us. Um, any, yeah, I guess anything you guys wanted to add before, before we finish? Oh, no, I just want to say thanks for listening because I know it's an absolute mammoth month today. We, we've been going for well, I think, about an hour now. You know, yeah. Just a bit over an hour. So if you have made it through, you know, again, thanks. Try giving us a follow if you can on Twitter on on Instagram. So it's it's been your turn to you guys. Yeah, um, Riley, anything you want to add before we go? Um, I'll add that like yeah, I've I've been listening to the podcast. It it actually has been really good. Um, pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. So yeah, just make sure you follow our wrap up and yeah. all of us. I'm sure I will yep. put it in somewhere, but yeah. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll second that. Um, yeah, head on to the site, uh, early wrap up, uh, read some of the articles um, that have been going up recently. Um, and yeah, if you want, for example, if you want some further thoughts on like the Melbourne City Adelaide United game from last week, I did a little three conclusions article on that um, and, and things like that. So yeah. Um, that's all uh, from us today um, and we'll uh, look forward to hopefully um, for another podcast next week. Yep. See you guys. Right, see ya. Yeah.